Let us feast together, Fred, and celebrate our strangeness and newfound friendship. On you? If that is the custom, we will feast on me. Welcome back to Delta. <laughs> Welcome-, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Stargate Weekly. I'm Stuart Hollis. And I'm Fat Eight. And this week we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 17, Holiday. Yes. Well, it depends on who you ask, whether it's 17 or 18. Oh, what's what else could be 17? In production order, uh, yes. Serpent's Song is 17. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, our synopsis from TV Guide. When a dying alien switches bodies with Jackson, O'Neill and Teal'c risk their own bodies to save their friend. So right off the bat, let me just say, although I'm not a semicolon pro... Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the TV Guide synopsis should have had a semicolon after Jackson no. and not a comma. No, a comma is correct. What? They're not... Because when a dying alien switches bodies with Jackson is not a sentence. It's not a complete thought. Because it starts with when. It's a... It's a I don't remember the grammatical term, but it's describing... So if the word when wasn't there... Then... A dying alien switches bodies with Jackson... Then, yes, you would want a period or a semicolon. Let the semicolon soliloquy be stricken from the record. You said that you aren't an expert on using semicolons, and then you proved it. I suppose that's true. I did prove it quite neatly. (laughs) So how about our synopsis from uh, uh, Stargate Wiki? SG-1 finds an aged and dying warrior named Machello, whose room is filled with technology that can devastate the Gould. Machello's last chance of survival was to switch bodies with Daniel Jackson. The rest of the team doesn't notice until Jack and Teal'c also switch bodies. Now they must capture Machello to switch them all back before Jackson as Machello dies. So, right off the bat, there's like some completely wrong information in this synopsis. Okay, so what's the first word with which you took umbrage? The rest of the team doesn't notice until O'Neill and Teal'c also switch bodies. Mine was warrior. Yeah, there's that, too. Although, hey, nice use of aged. But Teal'c, I believe, calls him a warrior. I don't know if he calls him a warrior, or if he was a great enemy of the Gould, or something like that. But that one all allows some poetic license. But sure, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of the team doesn't notice until Jack and Teal'c switch bodies? That's, like, completely wrong. Right, yeah, no. The Jack and Teal'c don't switch bodies until after they go to retrieve the box, after having, like, after Daniel Jackson is like, Yo, dog, it's me. Daniel Jackson. Speaking of which, 
I somehow did not realize until I just watched this episode that Michello is played by Michael Shanks. How long did it take you to realize Michello is played by Michael Shanks? Not long at all. No, no, no. Not long at all. So this kind of makes up for the previous episode. This will be my first tie-in to the previous episode. Okay. Where we had no Michael Shanks. Yeah. In this episode, we have two Michael Shanks. Double the... Daniel Double the Fun. That's right. Daddy to Michael Shanks. This is also an episode where the Stargate Wiki and TV Guide disagree on the air date, just like last week. Yes. According to TV Guide, this originally aired just before my 13th birthday. Huh, yeah. Two days before. Yes. And one month, one week before yours. Yeah. And according to the Stargate Wiki, it aired on January 13th, almost a month before TV Guide says it did. So, yeah, I don't know. Countries or something. Yeah. January 13th being, I think, two weeks before what was supposed to have been my birthday. I was apparently about a week to ten days late. Mm, yes. I was over a month early. Ah. Anyway. So, we open with uh, a Jack Witticism post-gate travel. Those are always fun. I'm pretty sure the it's a redressed Ernest Planet set. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. It looks like the the same that same like weird textured stuff on the floor and the walls looks the mm-hmm. same as the um, meaning of life stuff room. Yeah, I, I agree on the on the the pattern or the texture, but that was early to mid season one. This is mid-season two. There's no way they still had like the same set kicking around, doing nothing else this whole time. So they ha- so this is probably just one of their sound stages, and it has a wide enough or uh, open enough floor space that you can realize, oh hey, that texture I've seen it before. Mm, okay, I'm sh- like I'd be willing to wager that in Fire and Water it was a redressed Ernest Littlefield set. Yeah, I okay. Would you allow that it's no likely the same set that was used in the fifth race? In the, the chamber at the beginning of the fifth race. Yes. Yes. No, the Asgard planet. Yes, the chamber at the beginning. Well, of that's the why it took me so long to think about it. I'm like I'm like thinking like, okay, let's remove all the all the big artsy bits. <laughs> yeah. Their weird hallway design. This episode was directed by David Weary Smith, whom we've talked about before and written by Tor Alexander Valenza, whom we have also talked about before. And their sweet name. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I noticed uh I noticed Tor Valenza as with the with the writing credit cuz it's it's a sweet obvious name. Mm, it is. Uh yeah, and we'll see Tor writing a few episodes of season 3 as well and David Weary Smith uh directs a couple more. Nice. So do we have any cool alternative names? We do. Bring it. The Germans call it soul hiking. We don't always know the perfect of the translatings. Which is pretty cool. Ooh, that is interesting. Go on. The Italians call it body switch, which is a little out of the nose. Yeah. yeah. The French call it transfer, and then everybody yeah. else is a variation on holiday or day off. Soul hiking, though. That's very interesting. I know, right? Soul hiking. That's a sweet name. Yeah. So did you notice uh, Michello's... I mean, how could you not notice 
Uh, Michello's PDA. <laughs> Man, that took me back. Yeah. This would have been, like, when PDAs were first becoming a thing. Uh, yeah. So I gotta say, I feel like the rest of the team should have been more aware of Daniel Jackson's out of itness and not Daniel Jacksonness when he like like with like you the second thing he says after the that. switch. But I mean, it's not like they picked up on it when Jack was completely out of it in Cold Lazarus. So uh, yeah, and that was an even like more obvious and weird swappity do uh, of personalities. But like Jack, like the second thing that Dan Cello says after the swap is. Are you all right, sir? And it's like, that's not what... Daniel would be down there with Carter being like, yo. Yeah, that was a little weird. But, and yeah, he definitely was being... If he had been acting like he was... If he had been acting at the SGC like he then did at the street, where he just like was, you know, as the other guy pointed out, being weird, then they might have said something. That other guy who's... Mm -hmm. It has no last name. He only has his first name with Fred. It's played by Alvin Sanders, who's been in just tons of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a total that guy who's been around. Um, he's, from what I can tell, he's never been on Law and Order. But he has been on The Dead Zone. Hey, there we go. We have another callback. Like I said, I was going to call it back it. Yeah. So, what do you remember about this episode, Stuart? Yes, we shall feast on me. You remember that? Is the main thing that I remember. <laughs> um, I remember them having to play a little game of if you have Daniel Macello and a goat uh, with you and you're crossing a bridge, how do you do it sort of thing. Um, those, those are probably the big things I remember. So I completely forgot that Jack and Teal'c switched bodies. Right, yeah. Like that was... I remembered a little bit about this episode. I think uh, this is one that I just normally skip. I just remember... It's like, oh, it's the one where Daniel switches bodies. And right. Honestly, it's it's a fun episode, so past that, it was dumb for skipping this. But I completely forgot that they switched bodies. I remembered the guy on the street, and I remembered them going to the diner, and he buying everyone in the diner food i didn't mm -hmm. remember we shall feast on me those particular lines but yeah uh i i forgot all about jack and teal although mm -hmm. and i for obviously then forgot about the the swappity do to try to get everybody back but the moment it didn't work to swap jack and teal back i'm like but what if okay so you know i came to that same conclusion that sam did only much sooner mm. yeah it wasn't until uh, Dancello at the end when he's finally comes around to the idea that okay well I guess it would make me a bad person to steal this guy's body which I was a I'm still kind of curious as to why he hadn't done it before anyway yeah that was weird and he obviously hadn't because Teal'c was like I don't recognize him now but I can tell who he used to be mm. yeah when, when, when Dancello comes around to like not directly saying that you need to like switch A to C to B to D or anything like that. Yeah, he but... said he's the only one who can't switch with Daniel. Right. He's also this is also one of the first times we get a non-human or non-Tory, I should say, talking about data encryption. Mm. Still not 
a Goa'uld, as Machello <laughs> called them. Well, that's correct. Goa'uld is the way you're supposed to pronounce it. It's always an interesting when people put uh, extra emphasis hmm. on words. Like, you know, I'll, I'll do it sometimes for, well, literally emphasis, but yeah. Sure. But as I'm fairly certain Goa'uld is in fact the way that you're supposed to pronounce it, it's just so many people don't. <laughs> yeah, like the Tokra. We're not ghouls. Goa'uld, I think they said. Well, some of them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No one said goulds. Right. Well, unless they were talking about actually like a gaggle of them. Mm. Yes. Uh, so I have two uh, deep cut trivia questions for you. Lay it on me. All right. So when they are quizzing uh, Manuel, I'm not sure what to call it. Like, you know, Dancello is what I was just thinking Manuel sounds better than Dancello. Yeah, but Manuel is when it's Daniel inside Machello's body. Ah. Uh, yes. Or so, would it be Machaniel? Ooh, it could be Machaniel. I like Machaniel is better because Manuel is like a real name. Yeah, it's a little too close to Manuel. Right. Anyway, so when they're quizzing Machaniel, uh, to to have him prove that he's actually Daniel, uh, there, you know, who is Cassandra? Mm-hmm. A girl they find on P eight X nine eight seven, also known as oh. Dang, there was a sign and everything. Yeah. Hanka. Uh, mm-hmm. Hanka is correct. <laughs> Next question. And final question. I didn't write any more trivia questions for this episode. <laughs> what is the street address of Daniel's building? I did not pay attention to that. Yeah, because it was in, like, big letters. Oh, okay. Yeah, 1152 Main, La- uh, Main Lane Street. Wow. Mainland Street. Okay. Mainland Street is... I couldn't read my own writing. ...is better. Mainland Street definitely sounds made up. <laughs> yes. But that's, uh, you know, that that would be like a solid, like, you know, oh, so you think you know Stargate, huh? Sort mm. of a uh, trivia question. Yeah. Now, it's in- it would be interesting to see if you-, you see the address in the other times that we go to Daniel's building and if it's the same. Oh, that'll-, that'll be something we'll have to try to pay attention to. Hopefully we will. It's not like they go to Daniel's building all that often. They right. go to Jack's house way more often. They do. Well, it's probably because Jack has a house. <laughs> right. All right. So, once they realize that they're dealing with... Uh, What'd you say it was Mancello? Machaniel. Machaniel, right? So once they realize what you know, like what the deal is with uh, Manchaniel. Machaniel. Machaniel. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They go back to the planet to retrieve the transfer arc. Mm-hmm. Where did they get those fancy custom-made, literally click into place handle I things? I was wondering that. Right. And why didn't they just not grab it by the handles that they knew had caused a problem? Well, because they had these. Custom made handle bits. <laughs> they thought they thought they were safe. They thought it was okay. But yeah, they, they. I mean, like given the size of the thing, it's like the interface on Voyager that exactly fits the alien technology. Right. I mean, if they hadn't, then maybe they never would have swapped. Like, how would they really have? We would not have had the fun hijinks of Christopher Judge and Richard Dean Anderson just having a grand old time. 
Alright, so why must Teal'c shave his head? He must. It's not a Jaffa thing. Most it's of the Jaffa don't have shaven heads. And Teal'c will not always have a shaven head, but yeah. for now, for him, in like the place where he is in his life, he has to have a shaved head. This is the first instance of Kel'Norim, by the way. I was wondering that, actually. I thought it, and then the wiki confirmed it. Ah. Is it truly necessary for there to be 15 candles for a Kel'Norim session? You'd think it would be 16. <laughs> you would. But no, like, and every time we see Teal'c and Kel'Norim, this is not the last time that we're going to see... Mm-mm. Like, there's always just, like, a j- j- candles everywhere. Why yeah, is that are. necessary? Mm. Like, well, I need the lights off, but I don't want it, like, dark. Weirdo. Yeah, I don't know. It is definitely strange. Because, yeah, there's always candles and just so freaking many of them. And it feels like that would be a fire hazard. The whole base is concrete, man. Mm. There is that. Right? His description of how to enter Kel'Norim was definitely giving me a Wheel of Time vibes. Mmm. The flame in the void. Uh, yeah, and one also, like, a little bit of, like, the flower thing that they teach at the, uh, White Tower. R- well, then that wouldn't work, because he's a man. He is a man. A mighty big man. So he can't open himself to the flower, because then Sidene will destroy him. Right. Just saying. No, I, I, I know, but I got, you know, like, both instances were, well, I mean, he's like a, like a old school Aes Sedai. Uh, we could do both? Yeah, Is that a thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they went both ways. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, the old school Aes Sedai, they're the male and the female, and, like, they like they, they could do both, couldn't they? I don't think so. There were male Aes Sedai. Yeah, like, was it only Rand? Like, after, like, working with, uh... Oh, no, or was it, like, Nanave channeling Sidon? through Rand? Okay, no, that was the... with the... Um, there was some sort of artifact involved for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, each of them had, like, a piece of the artifact, which was this, like, weird, like, connection right, to, like, they, the big if statues. they were linked together, yes. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, good point. But, like, Nanave was the one running the show there. Mm-hmm. So she was channeling both. I don't know if he ever channeled Sidar. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, I believe that was the thing, because the men couldn't link by themselves. They they needed women in order to link. Right. Yes. And there was a maximum number of women who could link without a man. Yeah, it was pretty low. It was, what, like seven or something? No, it was 13, because... Mm. And that that's a big plot point, because 13 was the number that was required to still a man. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, gentle a man. It's only stilling for women. Right. Which can be undone. But I get, but like gentling can't or something. Anyway. They both can, but for some reason, gentling when undone, they get all their power back. But when stilling is undone, they only get a small amount of their power back. Yeah, and men cannot link at all without women. Okay. Well, this has been Wheel of Time Weekly. I'm sure that. We will come back to this again. So let's talk about holiday. Yes. So talk about holiday. We've. Oh well, I do note that old Doc Fraser is in the episode, but no Walter. But we've discussed at length. Uh, <laughs> yes. 
the the waterless wasteland that we will be wandering mm, for the foreseeable future. The dearth of water, yeah. Absolutely. Uh you know, we we have a hankering for some uh for some Harriman. Mm. Yeah. I feel kinda bad for Amanda Tapping and Don S. Davis in this episode. Because Michael Shanks gets to play two roles mm. and get put up in makeup, which can be fun, apparently. Uh Christopher Judge gets to break his characteristic stoicism and just have fun and imitate his co-host and or not co uh his uh, his co-star and he does such a good job of it too oh it's amazing they both do um like both of them are just like hey, like you michael know. shanks is, as o'neill was pretty good too yes but much more short-lived mm-hmm. you know they all get to have all this fun with that and a man tapping just gets to be samantha carter she doesn't swap with anybody and it's just you know well, Amanda Tapping got to be someone else earlier in the season. That's true. But, like, only a little. Hmm. But I do wonder, is this why Daniel wasn't in the last one so much? Because he was in this one much more? No, no, I bet he was on his own holiday like, yeah. previously. Most likely. Right. Maybe his child was born. Hmm. Since his wife was pregnant. Yeah, that's possible. So when... Dancello is talking to name uh, Machaniel. Thank you. And he's telling him like how I think much it he's... should be Dutchello and Machaniel. Okay. Uh, and he's telling him like how much he's suffered and fought and all this other stuff. I really wanted Machaniel to be like, yeah. How many times have you? Die for your cause. Did you die? Well, he was tortured by the gold. But did you die? <laughs> yeah, no, I suppose that's true. Future knowledge. Right. Uh, some of those ghouls don't mind so much, uh, you know, letting the bad times roll. Mm. Roll like a ball, in fact. Yeah, yeah, sort of like how a ball yeah. would roll. Yeah. So a couple of times now... Or a couple times throughout the episode, um, Dancello, Dutchello says that you'd all be conquered by now. I've saved your people, etc., etc. Uh-huh. Do you think he's actually talking about the Tauri specifically? I, mean, I think he's talking about humanity in general. Right, but they're spread across a lot of little planets, and there were a lot of them who are still more or less enslaved to the Gould, so... yeah. You gotta kind of wonder, like, how much he was actually doing. I don't know. He's, he, he, you know, Teal's description of what he had done, you know, fighting against the system lords and then managing to escape them when they tried to turn him into a host, like that all, like that's all cool and respectable and everything. But he seems to be pretty, have a pretty like inflated sense of self worth in you know talking about how much he had sacrificed to keep everybody in the galaxy safe. Yes. I would definitely agree with that. He has a bit of a big head. So while I really enjoyed this episode, I think I can figure why you maybe would have skipped it, even beyond the like you misremembering how much fun it was. Uh-huh. I have to imagine that in the past when you've done your rewatches, much like myself when I've done my rewatches, is you're kind of like binging or burning your way through the season just one episode yeah. after the other 
And so you'll hit the point where it's like, oh, okay. And you'll move on to like sort of like a self-curated greatest hits. So it's less about doing like a full completionist rewatch. And since the show is so uh, episodic, mm-hmm. then skipping even three in a row, you're not missing anything. Like you're, like you're not missing any little details dropped in. There are no little details dropped in this episode that like ever come into play ever again. I don't even think like the transfer arc ever gets used ever again. And you'd think it would. I mean, I guess, I guess I think it would, like, It feels like something that would come up again, just for the sake of hijinks. I mean, I suppose. Um, They have plenty of other ways of doing hijinks on the show, though. So, that's, it's fine. Like, we never talk about any of his other inventions. I don't think they ever reference back to Macello's PDA and cool the, stuff they learned Michello, from it. we reference back to. Yeah? Yeah. In the episode where they encounter the disease that he creates that kills the Gould hosts. Or the Gould symbiotes. And it drives Daniel crazy and they, because he doesn't have a Gould symbiote and they lock him up in the mental hospital. I don't know if I remember this at all. And Maybe then, the part where Daniel's in a mental hospital. Maybe. And Sam gets infected, and it immediately leaves her system because it detects the protein marker from the dead Jolinar. And she hears Michello's voice telling her that she's free of her oppressor. That's weird. You don't remember this at all? No. Okay. Wow. I mean, that's fair. I don't remember much about this episode. <laughs> but yeah, sure. it does come up. Okay. It's in, like, season three or four. All right. I mean, that makes sense. It'd be weird to drop it into, like, season eight. Yes. I gotta wonder, so, at the beginning, when Machello is being weird, like, yes. Yes, that's right, I am Daniel Jackson from the planet Earth. He's then saying, are you, like, are we sure we're not Goulds? As in, like, what, like, what would happen if a Gould tried to use the, the transfer box? Like, it felt like he was senile, but if that were the case, then shouldn't, since his brain has been deteriorated, shouldn't Machaniel also be senile? I didn't see him as being senile. I think he was playing up the fact that he's afraid that he looks and is a frail old man. I don't think he was senile. It was a deliberate ploy mm. so that he could at least get some base level information about the person he was switching to because they don't share memories or anything. Right. So okay. that could make sense uh, yeah i mean it would have been like more obvious that that was what he was doing if he had said yes and where do we live 1152 mainland street <laughs> yes that is where we live um but that that's how i took it was him trying to establish at least a, like some baseline like yeah baseline knowledge which is towards the end of the episode when he is saying, you know, what is the life of one archaeologist compared to me, who have saved you from destruction from the ghoul, jerk. <laughs> like, he apparently at some point does learn that Daniel's an archaeologist, an anthropologist, etc. But I feel like if he had known this early, when he first was, when, when they're in the debriefing and Sam 
hands over the PDA to say, like, hey, do you recognize any of these symbols? He just, like, does gives, like, a flat no that he should have feigned either, A, more interest or, or lied and said, yeah, I think, like, that one is similar to something I've seen before, but I've got this raging headache from the thing and Dr. Fraser said I should go home or whatever. Like, it, 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 his complete and utter lack of interest in, oh, sweet alien language is another dead giveaway that it's not Daniel Jackson. Yeah. I do wish that there was more canonical meat to this episode. Yes, I would agree with that. It definitely should have had more weight. Because it feels like this is important. And we will get that one more episode with Michello, but there could have been so much more. If he did all these weapons to fight the Gould, we should find out more about those weapons that fight the Gould. Sam should have figured out how to translate his stuff, and then we have future episodes where they're using Gould Busters. Right, or... Like, well, you know, we tried out this one design. Didn't really work. We lost SG-12. Yeah, well, no one cares about SG-12 anyway. Nah, they're probably one of the, like, search and rescue or medical teams or something. Well, like, 60% of them are medical teams, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's useful for when SG-1 goes off on their hijinks. <laughs> that is true. All right, well... This episode was a lot of fun to watch, and I bet that for the actors it was a lot of fun to film, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know Christopher Judge and Richard Dean Anderson were having the time of their lives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but like I said, it was, you know, lacking in meat for mm-hmm. the lar- like the larger story. But, you know, Monster of the Week, although there was no monster, is still the name of the game for late 90s TV. Oh, yeah. And even, like, even well into the 2000s. So, That's, they can yeah, be forgiven. Stargate's gonna be pretty monster. Even in season, in the later seasons where we have more of arcs, mm-hmm. there's still gonna be a lot of Monster of the Week. Uh, right, but I feel like later, the monsters either tie into the larger arc, or whatever they use to defeat the monster does, or they make clear that at some point they need to mention hey you know we're fighting this monster but we really need to be fighting the ori Uh, yes tyler of the ori spoiler there's gonna be another big bad called the ori Mm. but uh next week we're gonna be talking about episode 18 or maybe the true one true episode 17 Mm -hmm. uh, serpent song Yes. In the meantime, thanks for listening this week. And if you enjoyed this, you can also check out our other podcast, Delta Flyer, where we talk about another 20-year-old sci-fi show, Star Trek Voyager. You can find and review both of these shows on your podcast player of choice. And you can also reach us at our email address, stargateweekly at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Gamicus. You can find me on Twitter at Tyrannicus. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Stargate Weekly. And that's our show. Yeah.